I believe we are all hardwired to be creative. And the thing that makes us uniquely human is our creativity. Welcome to The Spark with Coco the Inspirationist. Join me for conversations with inspiring humans tapped into their creativity and solo chats as I get to know my own. Whether you're looking to spark inspiration, reconnect with your inner creative, or you're just starting to get to know your creative self, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Spark. Hello, welcome back to The Spark. I'm Coco the Inspirationist, and if you're new here, we are all about tending and nourishing and nurturing our creative selves. I believe that we each have a creative self. It's what makes us uniquely human, and I believe that the more that we pour into her and the more that we honor her and see her as a part of us that needs to be taken care of as well, that everything can can grow from this fertile soil and and we are that much closer to living an inspired life or we are that much further into living an inspired life. And so I'm so happy you're here. Today is such an exciting episode for me. My dear friend Ashley Stinson is on the podcast and I met Ashley in our mastermind that just finished back in December and it was such a beautiful way to get to know somebody because we were strangers beforehand and Ashley's magic in the world is just, well, I can't wait for her to explain it and for you to get to know her, but I'm going to read her bio because it's so beautiful and I think it really kind of describes exactly what she does. She is the creatress of Energy Archaeology, which is an energy healing modality and personal discovery method that accesses the energetic wisdom in the body through the six realms of embodiment, bones, muscles, fluid body, organs, nervous system, and DNA. She's a teacher, a mentor, and a guide for embodied wisdom, energetic anatomy, and deep listening. Ashley will encourage you to explore the depths and the breadth of your human experience through her innate gift to find patterns in what's said, unsaid, seen, and unseen. She uses this in her work to support you one-on-one in group healing programs and through the Energy Archaeology Oracle Deck. Ashley lives and works on unceded Monacan land west of Charlottesville, Virginia. She is such a delight and has so much innate wisdom you'll see in our conversation how she shares some of that when I share um, a fall that I had when I was 16 that I believe now since talking to her is directly related to when I kind of splintered off creatively this conversation is so interesting because it is the exact intersection of creativity and spirituality and I'm just so delighted to bring her to you as usual in our conversations it's not like when we get on the zoom call it's like hello 
please introduce yourself. It, it starts very organically with a very open heart and a connection. And so the beginning of this episode, our conversation I'm sharing with you, drops right into the good stuff. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed partaking in the conversation. And then also, as I'm editing it, listening to it back, it just just really filled me today. And I hope this does the same for you. So without further ado, my conversation with Ashley Stinson. I've been diving into my human design lately. And it's been, I think it's the same kind of realization maybe a lot of people have once they've kind of like put the right words around behaviors that just like happen naturally. Mm-hmm. But I tend to like get really inspired to do something, create something, and then just want to just burn it. Like I, I don't really, I'm not interested in it anymore. And sometimes it's not like immediately afterwards, like some art, like I'll hang in my house and it'll resonate with me. I'm a lettering artist. So like a lot of the times it's words and those words are not just like random cute quotes. They're like the words that I need to see in this season of time. And then once I'm finished with them, complete with them, I'm just like, okay, onto the, like, I'm, I'm, you need to come down and I need to put something else up. And, um, I think that understanding my human design, like I've had a lot of, I have a lot of guilt around like not finishing something or doing it justice. And like, it just feels so freeing to start understanding that's like, and, and, and start to get creative and how to work with it instead of, you know, for the longest time, it's been like, I'm trying to be a certain way that I'm not. And, but like the, the way to do it is this one way. And I feel so, um, excited to figure it out yeah it's it's been magical I'm not you have a very deep knowledge of human design which I I have a very deep knowledge of my okay yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and I always tell people that because like I I talk with friends who like know theirs very well and like we understand different pieces and like I kind of dig into it around my kids and my partner but like I'm not into human design to ever like teach it or, you know, any of that stuff. So I'm kind of like you, where you're starting your journey. I want the words to put around my experience to understand like, oh, this is where I've been forcing myself to do this thing because I've been told, but like, it's not actually for me to do that thing. Like I'm not actually supposed to be doing that. That's why it feels so terrible, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And actually like paying, like, I feel like lately I've been paying attention to what feels not good. And like, instead of being like, okay, we have to get a plan to fix that feeling or get Mm -hmm. rid of it or like circumnavigate it. It's like, there is knowledge inside of this. Like there is a reason why I don't like it. And now there's like other ways to go about things that can just like use this information in a better way. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, uh, this journey of like self-discovery is endless and I love it. I, I love it so much. Like I first thought it was just, I'm going to start a business. And then it was like, so I got to learn about business. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I got on that path, it was like, no, 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 no. You got to learn about yourself. (laughs) 
And then everything else will just like come, but it's been the fastest way to get onto like the self discovery path for me. And I'm so grateful for it. Cause I don't think like, I wasn't doing much of any of this before I kind of like really solidly planted myself in the entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like actively trying to heal. I was also yeah. you know, five years younger and back there. You know? <laughs> yes. But yeah. the, the mastermind was like this new experience for me. It was like a, a, such an investment in myself. I've never done that before. And it was such a magical experience to meet you there because um, it kind of made me realize, like, I guess I was, I was signing up for the mastermind to kind of be like space to be held for me and to learn from this is the way I saw it from the beginning to learn from Caroline and for Caroline to like alchemize what I'm like giving, like presenting, you know, and that's how I expected it to go. Also tips and tricks along the way. But like the biggest thing I I took from it was like journeying with you women mm-hmm. and what, like, un, like watching you process what you're going through. It was like, I, like I time like I leapfrogged over like the things you were going through. I got to just like learn that lesson at the same time and be like, oh, that's how she processed it. So like, if I have to deal with it, maybe I can see it from this different angle or like, maybe I don't even have to go through it. Like some of the things that I saw you guys go through, I'm just like, I'm just gonna learn this lesson right now. (laughs) You know, and like, so if I need to draw on it later, like it's already in there and it just was so valuable. And the words that you have for, I don't know, you're like journeying through life. It's, it's been, um, such a joy. So now that we're here, Mm -hmm. could you introduce yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I sure can. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I call myself the creatress of energy archaeology, which I was thinking about that term as we were like hopping onto this. I'm like, oh, it's all about creativity. And like, that is basically one of the things that I call myself as a creatress. Um, And so energy archaeology is a modality that has kind of filtered down through me just in the way that I work with people's energy. So it is sort of like an embodied energy process where we work with the energy in the bones, the energy in your muscles, the energy in the fluids, the energy in your organs, in the nervous system, in the DNA. So it's like these six realms that kind of no one of them is the center, but every single one of them is like holistically important basically. And they kind of communicate to each other and things get worked out in different places. And it's just this beautiful alchemy that happens in the body naturally when we let it, right? Whenever we stop kind of getting in our own way, whenever we stop judging our body for what it's doing and ourself for what we're doing and our thoughts for what they're thinking and, you know, all of that. So that is kind of where my work is right now in creating programs, in working one-on-one with people, in, um, you know, creating physical things like the Oracle deck, which is the journey through the bones, essentially, and the messages that they have for us. And really, my entire business is just a practicing creativity, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truly, that's what entrepreneurship is, period. Like we're, yes. we're all making this all up as we go along. And like, we can look backwards and it makes 
so much sense in hindsight, but like in the middle, like in the middle of creating, it's just like, we're, we're following our, the, our voice. And if we can like, if we can do the work to like get to it, like hear and listen and like process and then turn around and share it, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. And it's, it's so cool to watch you do that. Um, can you tell me about the Oracle deck a little bit more? I, it's so gorgeous. And I would just love to hear you explain it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was actually one of the very first things that came through whenever I first started understanding what my work was in the bones, because there was a whole process around, I learned energy work. And then I learned that I don't do energy work like anybody else that I know. Right. So there was that kind of process of like releasing the expectation and stepping into what I do and gaining the confidence and the voice to actually talk about what I do with confidence and, you know, as an authority. Yeah, exactly. Um, with being like, this is what I see and it's okay that I see it this way. And nobody else has ever described it in this way before, or if they have, I haven't read it, you know, who knows what's going on in the rest of the world. But one of the very first things that came through as I was stepping into that, which is a process and it's getting clearer and clearer and clearer, the more I speak, but it was an Oracle deck. It was actually three Oracle decks, but this was the first one. (laughs) And it's the only one I've created so far. Um, And I remember making a joke to a friend that I was like, yeah, we're going to put that in the five-year plan. Because at that point I was like, I don't know enough. Like, I don't know everything that I need to know about the bones to make this deck. And then a month later I started working on it. it just would not it wouldn't leave me alone like I would go to bed and I would see images of what the cards were going to be and I would be working with clients in sessions and we would be working on a bone like the hyoid which is kind of at the in the base of your throat sort of your tongue muscle attaches to it um I would be working with that bone and I would see what it was going to look like on the card and I was like okay I need to start getting these things down Mm -hmm. you know Um, because I knew that if I didn't, I was going to create essentially this like backup of inspiration. Like it was like kind of clearing the drain, right? Like letting more come through because I had worked with what was already showing up. So I just started like roughly collaging them. Basically I had an Apple Um, an iPad with the Apple pencil and procreate and was just collaging them. I would find like images, the bone in the right position and would sketch in background pieces and pull in different like aspects from various places. And I ended up finding an illustrator to help me bring it into final form because I knew if it was up to me to bring it into final form, it would never feel good enough. Like, I, I, you know, I felt like I would never be able to do it justice. And so this thing would not exist in the world in the way that it needed to, or the way that it wanted to, because I was in my own way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. A hundred and thousand percent. I yeah. feel that so deeply. And I feel like I'm just like filing that little thing away. Cause that's, yeah, that's a, for me, it's, that's a tough part. Cause I yeah. can, because yeah, 
just to interject real quick, what's your back, is your background like in physiology or isn't it in like graphic design or something like that? Right. Um, I have a really interesting background with this. Um, no, it's not in physiology. <laughs> it's sort of in design. It's actually, okay. So I have an undergrad dual major in environmental science and ecology, and then a minor in fine arts. And so I basically took every studio fine art class you could at my university, whether it was like fiber arts or ceramics or like still life or, you know, whatever it was, like I took whatever class it was because that was my outlet. Like it gave, it gave me a minor, which so it kind of served a purpose, but it was also like, I was spending so much time in like science labs and like that part of my brain that then I would switch and I would go to art. And it like, it kind of gave me this like fulfillment that I really needed. So I took all of that. And then I went to graduate school for landscape architecture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I thought that I would like marry these two things together. And what I found was that actually landscape architecture kind of killed that creative part of my brain because you start working with your creativity within the constraints of a budget and what is buildable and what's like the aesthetics that somebody else likes. And, you know, you're just kind of essentially translating something at that point instead of like really creating. And it just, it killed it for me. How long um, did it take to, to die <laughs> for you to realize? And to <laughs> uh, probably five years. And then I strung it along for two more <laughs> until I figured out what I was really going to do. But in those two years, that was when I was like learning energy work and understanding like more about myself. So it wasn't just kind of like I quit and jump ship. Like I... Sure. I was kind of building up this other part behind it, but yeah, all of my anatomy and physiology is actually self-taught in a way that it would come through when I was working with people. It's almost like it was kind of taught from like epiphany to epiphany. I didn't sit down and like study anatomy and then say, this is how I work. I just started by working and listening to the body which underpins the entire modality is like, we just listen to the body and the body is going to tell us and the body's going to unwind and the body's going to do what it wants to do. Um, but it was in listening to the body that like names of bones would filter in and I would be describing the bone to somebody and I would get off the call and I'd be like, God, I hope that's the right name. <laughs> you know, like, like really trusting that that was the name of that bone that we were just working with. And then I would go study it and be like, yeah, it was cool. You know, so it was like developing this trust that was like, okay, so what I know and what I'm being told and what I'm discovering, like there is truth in it. And so instead of learning anatomy and physiology from like a top down biomedical process, yeah. yes like, this is the system. This is how it connects. This is how it works. I kind of learned it from this bottom up. Like this is every single individual bone. And these are where the ligaments connect. And this is how the muscle like works on top of it. And so I think it gave me this really interesting approach and view of the human body that you don't get when you learn it from someone else. Mm, Yeah. It's totally intuitive. And, and it gives you, I mean, I'm assuming that it just gave you this like deep, like understanding and attachment to the actual content. Like for me, that sounds so dry to like go and take science classes, but to actually like feel it in my body and and process it, like I'm really fascinated with your, the way that your 
the information that you're teaching now comes to you and that you process it. And it's just like, it's really inspiring to me because you've built your whole business on like really listening to yourself, like listening and trusting because you have no, nobody else is doing what you're doing. And like, it sounds a little far out there when you like, <laughs> if you, you know, like you're, 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 what are you doing? You're like helping people process their whatever trauma through their physical bodies and bones and systems. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's so beautiful. I first heard you on Caroline's podcast and I was like, what is she talking about? Like (laughs) at the beginning of the podcast, uh, and cause Caroline has a relationship with had, did she have a relationship with you before that podcast interview? We knew each other. Yeah. We're in the same area and had friends in common and kind of knew of each other and had been in the same like spaces a couple of times, right? Like a couple women's circles and like kind of smaller gatherings and stuff. But yeah, we weren't like friends, friends. Sure. But like you had like a common (laughs) knowledge of what each other were doing. And so when you guys were talking, it was kind of like, she understood what you did. And I was just like, wait, what? Fluids? Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? But to like, so I was so intrigued. And then I got this awesome opportunity to like, actually like truly get to know you and the mastermind and know, understand you. And it's just been such a, it's such a joy to, to watch you over the last six months. And then like, and you know, the people in this group, we're all creating something, but you like physically made these, this deck, you know, and I love hearing about how you're like, collaging and working with an illustrator. And, um, you said originally that it was like, you're like, Oh, I'm going to put this on my five-year plan. Like, tell us truly how long it came, it took to like, get it out. It took three years. So I was not far off when I said my five-year plan. Um, but a large part of that is well, financial constraints of hiring an illustrator, because, you know, I wanted to make sure that the woman I was working with was paid well. Like that was really important to me. Beautiful. So I was basically everything in my business, all of the work I was doing, any profit was going to pay her. So it was like, we had kind of worked out a payment plan. We had worked out like, we'll do X number of cards per month. This is how it'll be. But part of my creative process is that I am deeply internal with it. I call now I call it studying because that's really what it is, but it's not studying like an external thing. It's not like getting books and researching and reading. It's really going into my body and, um, what I call the collective body, which is kind of like, it it almost looks like this hologram that I can kind of like spin around and look at and just like play with almost like where these things connect and where they attach and where things are going and what it looks like. Um, like, is it your body? Is it, are you like watching uh, whatever you're processing or is it just kind of like, so I can go into my body, but I don't always want to do that whenever I'm studying because my body holds my story. Mm. So it holds its own like biases and trauma and like its own connections where like, you know, my right thumb may be talking to this thing over here. And that's not like, it's my truth, but it's not like 
the truth. The truth. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was really creating the cards, I was needing to go into almost kind of like what I just consider to be the collective body, which is watching um, what happens in the bones when it's like everything is flowing in its most like exalted state right? Like how do things flow? How does this energy get processed? Because when I was working with clients, I was watching things that were coming from like a traumatized state or like a generational pattern that was coming in, which will stop things from flowing in a certain way, or bones will take on a certain feeling or word that isn't necessarily like the truth of what they can be, but it's like the truth of how they're behaving in that person's body. Right. So there, the bones kind of break down across the elements. There are a lot of them that are almost like the water element. So they do a lot of flowing and filtering. Some are the fire elements. So they're transmuting energies that we are storing in our body. Some are the earth element. So they are storing things in our body. Um, they also do the work of composting and nourishing future growth. And then like our joints and like our vertebra are the air element. So they're doing a lot of just kind of like processing, moving. Yeah. And so like when I would be working with somebody and we would be in their earth bones, they would be like anything that was being stored there and not being composted, like specifically traumatic things would kind of alter the feeling of the energy in that bone towards like stuckness or stagnancy, or it's like, when we say we're blocked, like that's the feeling in the bone, right? Like, it's just, it's a thing in there that our body's not processed. So whenever I study, I'm making sure that I'm not like only looking at people and what they're bringing to it, but also looking at like, oh, okay. So when it's not in this traumatized state, when it's not in this feeling of stuckness, this is actually the energy that it holds. And so that's what went into the deck. Mm. So I had to do a lot of retreating away from, like I had to top, stop taking clients. I retreated away from that for probably a good year <laughs> to be able to like adequately translate what it was because I didn't want to put a deck out into the world that was like, oh, this bone is all trauma. This bone is heavy. This bone is, because it's not. You right. Know? And you want to give people the opportunity to like learn the truth about what it can be. Mm -hmm. So then there's like, there can be movement towards something. Yes. 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 And the cards themselves are really activating. Like, because I was working with energy when I was collaging them, like they have been infused with essentially the energy work that I do. And I know people who will draw them or draw the same one over and over and over again. And essentially what it's doing is it's activating the bone in their body through like recognition. Mm. Like this is what, like, this is what we're moving towards. This is what the body's wanting to kind of come into. And so it begins the process just by kind of working with the cards and knowing that like, it can be different. You know, it will be different. It wants to be different. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Um, I also want to acknowledge that these cards, you've taken plenty of time to like create the, the, the art on it and like create with somebody else and take time to make the physical cards and source that. But you've also written an entire book 
to go <laughs> with it. Like it blew my mind, you know, like you would, you'd always be talking about the cards, the cards, the cards, like it's the cards, but it's like, there's also how many pages? Um, oh gosh, I don't even remember off the top of my head. It's close to 40,000 words though. <laughs> right. And, and so like, I can remember, do you remember when I like noticed that you, like, there was like a, an entire book that went with it and you're like, oh, this, these cards took three years. And it's like this system, the system, the words and it, and the art that goes with it was this journey. And it's just, I'm so proud of you and it's so beautiful. And I've been wanting to get some for myself. So this is like the nudge that like, I'm ready I feel like I've recently kind of like bumped into like a new place of like, like a new level of work that I want to do on myself. Um, it might have something to do with like recently over the last, I'd say like four or five months, I've put some weight, some, I've gained some weight Mm -hmm. and it's like the first time that I've wanted or desired to just like, just let it be. Like, it feels like all these messages of like, it's okay. Like I've never allowed that. I've never tried to like, even encourage that messaging. The messaging from the very beginning for me has always been like, we have to fix this. What's the plan? What's the workout plan? How are we going to get rid of this? Why did it happen? What did you not, what did you do to get it here? Like all of that noise and like, uh, So like, I'm not loving not fitting into my clothes, right? Like I'm not loving some of (laughs) the process, right? But like, I also see it as such a gift to be like, can I love myself right now? Because I know I can love myself when I'm running 15 miles a week. Like I've proven that that's possible, you know? And like, can't, but can I love myself right now? And like, can I find worthiness right now? This, I mean, it feels like a new level of like stretching for me. Mm-hmm. And so, and so just like so much deepening, like trust in my body. And it feels like this beautiful place of like, okay, I think I'm ready for the deck because maybe five months ago, I didn't have such a connection with my body or it was a different connection. It was more of like a input output input output connection, you know, and now it's like a more just like settling and just like letting, seeing what's here right now. And so anyways, I'm excited to get, to get a deck. Um, but it's been so beautiful to watch you. The, the, I feel like I, I popped into your world at the, the last like leg of, of the, of the race (laughs) where where you were like, while it was, getting a printer and all of the delays and the deck coming and how much it was going to cost to get it shipped extra because of, you know, all of the freight delays and stuff that are happening in the world. Um, Yeah, you got to see it kind of come into its final form, which was- Oh, and then I got to witness the like, the the ripples and the expansion, (laughs) like the actual like setting it free. And it's been really cool to watch and so inspiring because one thing that I struggle with is just like putting my work out into the world. I wish I took a friggin' art class in college. Like I didn't, I, I'm self-taught in everything. I didn't take a single art class in college. What was I doing? Like, who was I surrounding myself with that wasn't like 
hey, you want to take something? You, you got all these credits that you just need to take. Like, what was I doing with my time? I was doing things that I thought needed to be done and not mm-hmm. like allowing myself to just play. Mm-hmm. And so that has been a lesson in this last decade of just like, okay, I'm allowed to make messy work. I'm allowed to make precise work. I'm allowed to make work. And now the next level is like, and I'm allowed to charge money for it and give it to the world. <laughs> so watching you do that and what, and knowing how, how much energy and time you invested into this deck and then how beautiful it is and how life-changing it is, is just like, oh, oh thank you. That's, just beautiful. Yeah. And like this, this season of the podcast is the intersection of, um, spirituality and creativity. And it just feels like the deck is just that in physical form. (laughs) And (laughs) And I would love to hear, um, what else comes up for you when I say, you know, the juxtaposition of those two. Oh gosh. Okay. So I, I don't even know that I see it as a juxtaposition, which is interesting. Um, I kind of see it as the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling that too. Keep going. (laughs) So a big part of my belief about humans is that we are here to be inherently creative. Like, it's just, it's what we do. We are creators and it doesn't matter what we're creating. It doesn't matter if you're like fixing breakfast or like making your home environment, like something that feels really good for you, or you're creating a family or you're, you know, creating a garden or whatever that is, like we can't help (laughs) but to modify our environment (laughs) through the energy and the desires and like the, like, I, I want to say love because for me, it's love that flows through us. Like I show my love through building and creating things. Astrologically, my Venus is in Capricorn. I, <laughs> I love by building essentially, um, by creating it's, it's in my house of like home and family and environment too. So like that is just part of who I am. Um, And, you know, we can look around the world and we can be like, oh, but we've created all of these things that have made the world worse, you know, that have destroyed things that have whatever. And that's still just a part of being human creators. We're modifying the things around us. And a big part of this has to do with how the bones are arranged, how I understand how the bones are arranged in our body. Because if you just look at like kind of any energy work modality, they're going to kind of show you this toroidal form, which is basically like a donut, the aura that kind of surrounds the body. And it comes to what's called like basically a zero point at the top of the skull and kind of folds in on itself and comes down through the midline of the human anatomy. And it comes back out essentially at what we call the root chakra, which is kind of at the base um, between our legs. And that in the bones is coming into your parietal bones in the very top of your skull, which are paired bones. They sit and they kind of form like the top and the the little bit of the sides of the skull. And I see the energy kind of come straight down through those, through the pineal gland, down into the top of the spine, 
which is like basically at the base of the skull, all the way down the spinal column into the coccyx, the tailbone at the bottom. And as it's doing that, we're going from the parietal bones, which to me always carry the word and the energy of inspiration. And then we're going into flexibility, capacity, stability, and into the pelvis, which is creation. And then whenever we get to the tailbone at the very bottom, that is like anchoring basically your energetic signature. So like the inspiration kind of at the top combined with your energetic signature at the bottom are moving through your bones in a way that's kind of like flexibility, right? How do I work with this? Like, how can I move with this energy? Right. Like if we're really rigid, like rigid <laughs> around our creativity and we give it a lot of constraints, essentially it dies the slow death, like landscape architecture did for me. Right. But it happens in a lot of ways. Like you even mentioned um, that it's like whenever like you feel like you have to finish a thing or like it has to be done perfectly, or like you stop yourself from iterating on whatever it is, that then like the creativity kind of dissipates, you know, like it can't actually find an outlet. And so as we work with it and we have like the iteration and the flexibility and what form do you want to take and what do you want to be and how can I work with you? I talk to energy as it's like a thing. <laughs> I talk I to my body. Really, as, like as when, you were, when you were doing that, I was like, oh, I like, yeah, I totally do that. I kind of do the same thing with like my creative self and when we have ideas and yeah, yeah. Keep going. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it moves from this kind of questioning and flexibility and how can I be with you and what do you want to become into the capacity where we start growing our ability to be with it in whatever form it wants to take. That kind of happens in the midspine, around the ribs. There's a whole process that happens in the ribs too if we're really protected against things like our capacity isn't going to grow. We're not going to allow it to expand and take up the space that it wants to because of who knows all sorts of things that we protect ourselves against, like in the world from criticism, from, you know, not being the responsible choice from being told that like our art or our creative outlet was not worth pursuing, you know, like there's all this stuff that happens. So we grow our capacity and essentially that is what creates the stability in like the lumbar spine with your creativity to actually come into creation. Like whenever you can be flexible with it and you have the capacity for it to flow through, it's like the stability is essentially trust. Like you trust the creativity, you trust the thing that's wanting to come. Um, and then essentially like the energy gestates in the pelvis. And it doesn't matter if you identify as male or female or like whichever gendered pelvis, like the pelvic bones essentially are the seat of creation. And they're talking to that tiny part of the tailbone that is like, this is you, you know, like it does not matter how many people in this world have the same creative spark, the same creative idea. It's going to come out totally different because it's not talking to your energetic signature, the way it's talking to somebody else's energetic signature. And once that kind of like locks in, in the spine and that process is happening and we're allowed to be with it, that's when it can start to flow out through the extremities. That's whenever we like, we receive more from it. That's whenever we're able to give from it. We can activate the creativity. Like we can feel supported by the creativity, by the money that comes in from it, by the community that comes together around it. And even just by like the satisfaction that we get from it. You know, like there's a whole process 
Um, sorry, I'm on my soapbox a little no, bit. No, it's so good. I have to, can I, can I, uh, I'm going to say two things. Okay. So one thing, can you speak to the idea of like a, a bright, shiny idea coming and feeling it and kind of like working on it. And then like, like there is this nuanced time of like, maybe that's what it needs to be right then, but then you can like revisit it in the future. Can you speak to that? Because it's not just like one solid, like loop, it's out into the world and it's done. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's inherently part of creativity, isn't it? The iteration. Mm. Be like this idea served me at this moment. And if I were to revisit that idea, it would potentially serve me in a different way, or I would serve it in a different way. If you want to talk about it as a relationship, right. And that has to do also with that energy, your tailbone, your energetic signature, because the more your bones evolve, the more you're working with the energy in them and understanding that, you know, we'll go back to the ribs. Like if I work something out in my ribs that has to do with like protecting myself against criticism, say, and I'm able to free up that energy because everything is flowing into the spine and everything is always kind of being like checked against that literal, like literal alignment of the spine, the energy in the tailbone shifts. And so you come into a different energetic signature. Your beacon is essentially a little bit different. So even if the same creative idea comes in, is going to come out in a different form, in a different iteration. And it doesn't mean that the one before was like bad or trash or needs to be, you know, completely discounted. That was what it wanted to be at that point in time. And this is what it wanted to be now. I mean, with the deck, if I would sit down and like rewrite the book, there would probably be pieces that I would rewrite having already gone through the process of like publishing a deck. Right. Yeah. There might be pieces of the art that I would do a little bit differently. Does it mean it's not good? No. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That's a real big one that that is like that trusting that what it came through as then is enough. And of course, when you do things over and over again, of course it gets better or evolves. Um, yeah. And if I could just um, make a statement and see what you have to say just real quick you don't have to stay on it too long but when you keep talking about this tailbone situation I keep thinking about how I fell down the stairs when I was 16 and like did not go to the doctor but harmed my tailbone and still to this day if I sit on it like my biggest fear is to end up in the hospital and have to be like bedridden forever and like have to sit on my tailbone because it just aches and I'm like as you're talking, I'm also visualizing that like I was dating this guy at the time. We dated for like seven years. He was this incredible artist. Like he could draw really, really well. And he went to art school. He went to like, he's designing beautiful video games now. He's incredibly talented. And I've always wondered if like being next to him when I'm like 16, 17, 18, 19, being next to him allowed me to just like be crafty and have ha, like see, be seen as like like a crafter and like yeah I'm creative but like he's the artist and so like there was like always this and I'm like as you just kept talking about the tailbone like I kept seeing him 
and like where I fell down the stairs and like wondering, like if that's my signature, I felt like I didn't have a signature for a long time. Like I'm 38 years old. And I would say in the last five years, that's it. That's when I've like really discovered and allowed my creative self to really just like exist up until then I was, I would say like, I was really good. I used to work for um, an old friend of mine that was a photographer and I used to make these incredible sets for her like one-year-old cake smashes, incredible paper, huge reams of like watercolor paper, like incredible. And I would always tell her like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, I can't, I'm not great at like coming up with my own stuff, but I can like copy anything, you know, create anything. If you just give me something that embarrasses me because I'm just like, of course I was creating it. Like if I look back at it, like, but like, um, I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. Cause it was just like right in the front of my brain. Like this tailbone thing is just like blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's interesting. The boxes we put ourselves in, right the boxes we self-identify as. I was actually thinking about that this morning before we even hopped on this call because growing up in my family, my sister was the artistic one and I was the smart one. And I don't begrudge like those labels, but it did give me this kind of hesitancy of like, well, I'm not artistic. I'll never be as good as she is. That's her thing you know? And Mm -hmm. so like art for me was always just like a fun outlet. It wasn't ever anything that I was going to do with it. You know, it wasn't anything I got acknowledgement for. Um, but with the tailbone, so what's coming to my mind is that it's amazing the number of people that I work with that have a shock to a bone at a specific point in time that will then kind of like almost change the trajectory of that energy. I know a woman who, so there's a bone in your hand called the um, lunate bone. And she, it's a very hard bone to break. Like this is, this is not a common bone you're going to break in your hand. She broke it when she was really little. Whenever we started working together, she fell down and broke it again. Oh my gosh. It was like re-breaking that bone unlocked whatever had gotten stuck there. And it was like, it freed up all of, I have chills down my legs right now. It freed up all of this energy and like literally her life totally changed. She moved. She went into like a different job. Like it's just like total different trajectory from this bone. And so whenever you're thinking about like the tailbone and like that circumstance and like that kind of jarring impact that you had at that point in time, you know, is that just a signature that like you're kind of locked in and, and stuck with, you know, and as you're moving out of it and you're gaining like confidence in your creative self and she's becoming more of like an integrated part of you and not just like, kind of a separate piece that it's like, oh, well, I can do whatever you want. But like the piece that's like, oh, wait, actually I am creative. Like this is who I am. This is part of my identity. I'd be really curious if you ever notice if like your tailbone gets sore just randomly, because occasionally 
when it starts to work things out, it's never a sign that like something is bad or wrong. Well, I can't say it's never. When something is working itself out in the bones, we will get tenderness in that area. Mm. And usually our first thought is like, oh my God, what did I do? You know, like I heard it again. I did something again. And it's just kind of like the bone working itself out, you know, like kind of shaking off some of the things that have potentially like been imprinted or have stuck there or, you know. You know, what's interesting about it is that it is, uh, I must have some sort of like scar tissue. Like I've literally never gone to the doctor about it, but in the, I can't remember. It must've been like six months ago or something. I actually like said to my husband, like, do you think my tailbone is, is extended? And like, I had him touch it. Like, as I'm just like standing and he's like, you have a tail. I've never noticed. Like you, he's like, yeah, it's bumped out. And ever since then, I'm just like, wow, my tailbone is bigger than I like held space for in my brain for like, and it's like, uh, yeah, in the last six months, I would say it's like, it is present to me. I think about it. I, and like, I'm blown, my mind is being blown right now because these last six months I've really like opened into a new, like inner knowing of like, this is like, I am a creative and this is what, and I have like this work that's coming through me is like, I'm more of a vessel than I've ever been before. And it just, it feels like, wow. I, it's almost like I've noticed it. Like I, I've before, like once I heard it, like it kind of like, that was like traumatizing. And like, anytime it would come up, I'd be like, oh, there it is again. But now it's like, it's a, it's become like a part of me that I've, that I've take notice of in like a really like interesting way versus like a, Ooh, like that was harmful. So gosh, who knows? I love these little bits of insight. You have so, (laughs) you have such a deep knowledge of your work. It's so incredible. It truly blows my mind. Yeah. The, um, the number of people that I work with when they first start coming that can't feel their tailbone like not even in like a physical, like numb sort of way, but we'll do this sort of meditation where we bring the consciousness kind of into ourself and we allow the consciousness to slide down through the spine all the way to the bottom. And we will usually hit a point where it can't go any further. And for a lot of people, um, that can be like in the capacity space. Some for some people, it's when we get to the sacrum and it's like belonging that like, I don't actually feel like I belong to myself. I be, like, you know, I'm kind of pulled in all these different directions or I don't know where I belong. For a lot of people, as we work to be able to kind of come down our spine all the way, there's still this inability to drop down into the tailbone because so much in the world. So not just like physical trauma on the tailbone, which that would for sure be shocking. Um, But there's just so much in the world that keeps you out of who you are and what you're here to do. And it starts in childhood, you know, by like turning kids towards certain activities and away from the way they naturally want to like be and express and things they want to play with and clothes they want to wear and colors they want to paint their nails or you know like any of that or even paint or even allowing them to paint their nails yes yeah yes and you know it doesn't always come from parents you know it can come from like kids at school 
who like start shaming whatever the, however they're wanting to express or saying like, oh, your drawing's dumb. And then they never want to draw again, you know, like all of these things that kind of steer us in different directions unconsciously that it's, it does take time to come back into that energetic signature and actually feel who you are. Yeah. 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 Uh, just that word, like your, your signature, <laughs> like when you first said it, I was just like, Oh yes. What is my signature? You know? And like, I have been signing, I've been doing this intuitive painting series um, at the beginning. I love that. I've at, been watching. I love them. Thank you. I love them too. And I just, you know, it was a trust. It's like, I got this idea, this inspiration for a challenge. I love challenges. I love setting them up for myself. I love giving myself a bit of a creative brief. So then I can just like show up to them easily. Um, so like for this challenge, it is like just a, a meditation on like opening myself up and like listening for the message that I need to hear that day. And once like I feel complete, so however many minutes it might be, that's not like a set time that I have to sit and have a guided meditation. It's just like music, sitting, opening, receiving. And then I immediately write a page of just like the first sentence is, is the message. And then I just like unpack it. And then I come in here and I pull some acrylic paint and then I like quickly and, you know, like for me, like very uninhibitedly write the message. And it was like, it's 30 days, which feels like a long time. It's not consecutive. So it's feeling like, like I still have 10 more days to go, but like, I just am like loving the, the process. And the, it's like alchemizing these two things. It's like taking my spirituality and making it using my creativity to translate it. And it is feeling so alive, which is one of the ones it's so cool to go back and be like, what were the messages and what colors did I choose? And, um, it's just like, it feels so playful. And it also, there was a, a period of time in this challenge period that like in the beginning, I was super inspired, right. Just like fresh, ready to take this on. And then there becomes this, like, do I really want to do this? Am I really going to do this for 30 times? Like, do I really need to do this? Do I really have to do all of it? Do I actually have to meditate or can I just like, you know, like bargaining? Yep. You know, (laughs) and then, and then we move into this place of like familiarity. Like I've done it enough where I'm like, okay, I can, like, I can get into it. And now I'm like, I can see the finish line and I'm like, we are going to finish this. But there was a period of time in the beginning when I'm like, kind of flying. I was like, I'm doing this. What does this all mean? And like, my brain wants to be like, what are we going to make from this? Like, what are we going to turn this into? And then it it was like a really great opportunity for me to be like, it is just this right now. It is just this. And it can be just this. And it doesn't have to be anything right now. It can be just for me. And it can be just like a practice. Um, When I make a challenge, I always like to like articulate kind of like, um, an edge that I'm trying to go over. So like this one in particular, the pulling of the paint, this is the first time I've ever done it. Um, and it was like allowing me to show up and use paints in a new way that was unplanned. 
I didn't know what it was going to look like. And it, it got me out of like my perfectionist self and just like allowed me to just like, like, (laughs) you know, like it allowed me to just be that vessel as open as possible because my work normally is like super precise. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying like, so the, the project was like, let's be the opposite of that. And let's just be messy and see what, see what comes through. Because like, I only know how to be precise, but what happens if I open myself up to like this opposite way? So it was like, let's do this opposite thing for 30 days. And in the beginning it was like, what am I going to do with it? And then it was like, now it's like, or then it was like, let's just let it be. And there was like the middle part of like, let's just let it be, let's just get through this. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting to the end where I have like a bolt, you know, I have 20 of them and I get to like, look and see and like, enjoy them. And like, now I can feel myself allowing myself being like, what is here? Like, what is here? Mm -hmm. And it's just so fun for me to play like this and to, to let this idea kind of just come through and just trust that I got this idea for a reason, if not, if not anything, but to just feel, make me feel good. Cause it makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. And it can be just that too. Yeah. I mean, I just want to reflect back to you that what you just described is the process of going from inspiration to flexibility, to growing your capacity, <laughs> to finding the stability, like, and then the, you know, like the creation is here, you know, it's, it's kind of creating its own little body of work, even if it looks nothing like any other body of work that you have ever created, you know, it gets to be its own thing in its own right. And whether it becomes a deck of cards or a journal or prints or, you know, whatever it's there, like it's, it's yours. It's, it's like created its own little foundation. Yeah. And it's also created like a new capacity for me to like, I might not use this, but I might use this technique. Now I trust that I know this, like whatever this technique is, like, I don't even know, but like, this is now something in my, you know, in my toolkit that I'm like, oh, I could do that. And now I can feel myself applying it to different things. Like I have this inspiration to like make a new tab for the, the tea bag and make a mini, like a mini pull and like a mini little, a little like saying, because I did this, this is what I love. I'm like vibrating right now. This is what I love about inspiration and creativity. This time last year, I did a 30 day challenge when I wanted to expand my capacity for digital, creating digital art in procreate on the iPad. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I did a 30 day challenge. I gave myself a color palette, which was my brand colors and was just like 30 minutes and just these colors and like, whatever came out, came out. And I was like, maybe at the end of the 30 days, I'll have some cool stuff for my brand, which ended up becoming like that lady with like the, the, like me with all the flowers, like (laughs) there's actually so much that you can actually see in my, in my brand that came from that project. But I let that be, but one of the pictures that I actually never have used is this like teacup that has the, the little tea bag paper on it that says, I think it might say like, I, I don't even know. It was, it's some, some sort of like trope that I needed to hear that day. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, I want to translate this into like, take this 30 day project 
that 30 day project and make it a real, you know, and it's just like, I don't know why. I don't know why I want to smush these ideas together, but maybe it'll be a really cool reel, or maybe it'll be a beautiful picture, or maybe it will just feel good to do it. And again, that's enough. And like from there, who knows? Who knows what where that idea is going or what what I'm going to use that picture for? You know, like who knows? But I am just like in this zone now of like trusting my inspiration because for a really long time, I would be like, like like, I don't know about that. And like immediately judging it and immediately trying to like figure out how it's going to work in the world or like how much it's going to cost. Like all of that was just like pinching off the source. Mm -hmm. You weren't letting it go past people can't see my hand gestures. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Go past the head, right? Like it was coming in inspiration. And what it was doing was instead of coming straight down, it's going forward to the frontal bones because the cranial bones all work together. So it's going forward to the frontal bones and your identity is kind of like, Ooh, like, I don't know what we're going to do about that. You know? And it's kind of hitting like the uh, temporal bones on the side, which are like storage bones about like, what do I know about myself? And what do I know about what I can do? And what do I see as possible for myself? And it's like all the mental things are actually encoded in the bone and the skull. And it's like, instead of inspiration dropping down, it was like spreading out <laughs> all of like the brain thoughts and the skull energies were kind of like grinding it up in the gears, you know, like that's exactly how it felt. And that's so interesting. You said that because I have used that analogy that like, it feels like I've been greasing the wheels lately. And, and it's like this project of this intuitive painting project is the the fastest I've ever moved an idea through, right? Like even just like opening up, receiving the sentence, the the message, and then getting it out into, into the physical, like translating it, I call it, it feels like magic to me. I'm like a magician. It's like, it didn't exist. And now it does exist. (laughs) And I took, it took me 30 minutes and it's just like, that's new for me. And it feels resonant like that, the, the mess, the, the lesson that I'm learning in this, maybe that's just the thing that, you know, maybe there's nothing else here other than that lesson, but that lesson is going to serve me and serve everybody that my ripples touch, because I can be more of the vessel that I know I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I think you talk about setting the challenges and doing things in 30 minutes, because we have very different creative processes. And I kind of like, I'm so inspired by yours and I know it's not mine. Yeah. It wouldn't work for you. Yeah. (laughs) I know that if I gave myself like a challenge like that or 30 minutes to sit down and do something on procreate or whatever it is, that it wouldn't be enough time. Like I have this I don't know. I call it going into my creative cave where it's like, I will take a week or two and I will retreat and I will just pull together whatever energies it is that's wanting to come together through studying the body through oftentimes it's in my business because I've studied the body for my business and we're, you know, launching a program or whatever it is that's coming through or creating a deck or whatever. And the act of collaging is 
like the physical representation and manifestation of all of those energies that needed to come together. So for you, you have a very quick process. So it seems like with this challenge, with this, with gave, this, right. Yeah. With this. So it's like the words come, the paint pools, you know, you have the words written down on it. And for me, it's like, I spend days looking at images online, taking photos that like represent whatever the energy is that I want to come through playing with things together. Like, um, I just did it for foundation, which is actually the bone course, the bone program that is coming up now. But what ended up coming together for that was this like beautiful kind of collage mix of like graceful dancers with flower heads and bodies and like bones on top of them, like in cemeteries. And like, there's just this like, and, and I had no idea that that's what it was going to look like before I kind of retreated to the cave and was like, what, what energy is coming up here? Like, what is essentially the essence of this? Right. And essentially it's kind of this like graceful unearthing this like bringing in of like aliveness in a space where like we maybe didn't anticipate it or like um where we don't often look for it Mm. and like that was the imagery and like even the tone of the of the collages like they're kind of like desaturated a little bit you know they kind of have this like ethereal quality to them whereas like for another program I would retreat to the cave and it would be totally different because it has a totally different energy but if I was like I'm going to give myself a challenge and I'm going to pull, like, I'm going to collage for, you know, like 30 days or whatever. I don't feel like it would have the same thing for me. So I just love like watching your creative process and how like the challenge really inspires you. Whereas for me, I think it would be like one of the constraints that would limit my flexibility with it. Like I wouldn't feel like I have the time. Sure. I totally, I, yeah, I, I see how you see that this challenge to me is a, it's a priming of the pump for me. It's like the thing I do to start my day. It's not something like if this does turn out to be something bigger and then I like create it, like I will hold space for that. Mm -hmm. But like, this is like a practice, a creative practice versus like you're going into a cave to create something for your business for, or for, you know, for the work. Um, I, that is so valuable. And I loved how you just shared all that. I've just, am, I hope my audience has enjoyed it as so as much because it's, I love hearing the process behind the work, but, um, I like to do challenges to push myself into new, n- new edges of, of my psyche. It might be because I am all self-taught. So it's like, I'm not, I'm just trying to like push myself into new places. Um, it's just, it's also because I'm a multi-passionate I've last year, I just had this like epiphany that, um, the things that I thought about myself specifically creatively, like they flipped on their head just over, like I was just having coffee sitting in the window one day. And it just like occurred to me. Cause I always felt like I was falling off the wagon that's where these 30 day challenges came from. It's like, I always have this inspiration to try something new and to like try a new habit or, you know, reading books on habits and habit stacking and habit, habit, habit routine. And like, I love the idea of habits, Mm -hmm. but I can't seem to stick with, with them. 
And so, and then I'd all, <laughs> yeah, thank you for admitting that because I feel like I have, I'm just like surrounded in, in the internet world of people, of all these like professional or people that have, you know, have success being like, you need a morning routine or you need this and you need that, you need that. And I'm like, that's nice. But what I'm realizing is like, I just need the, the trust that I can give myself what I need every day. Like make the time to give myself what I need versus like this one specific thing and do that forever. Mm -hmm. So like when I had the epiphany of like, oh, what I'm actually doing when I have these inspirations to try to do something, it's not that I'm looking to do that one thing forever. I'm, I'm, I'm sparking my own inspiration. And then the beautiful like side effect of creative challenges is like the space that's created when you stop. So like having an ending point is like, is so cool. Cause it gives you like, obviously like a finish line to push towards, but then once you're done, it is this beautiful spaciousness of like, okay, now I have like, now I know something new about myself. Like I have this new capability that I didn't realize now I'm comfortable doing. So that's cool. But then also it's like now, okay, now what am I going to do with this little time that I've gotten used to doing this in, you know? And then like, it's, it's like making room for more inspiration. And then, it, and it doesn't mean that like immediately the next day, I'm like, what's my next challenge, you know? <laughs> but it's like, even just like feeling like creating extra space feels just like nice and luxurious to even just like, I'm not going to do anything with it, but it feels good because I just did all that. And now yeah. I get to like sit in this. It just all feels real good for me. And it, it, it like gets my engine going. And, um, I just, I love getting to know my creative self more and more and more and myself in general. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. It felt really nourishing for me. I hope you didn't feel like you were like doing your work, like on the job. No. <laughs> Cause I'm like, let's talk about my tailbone. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's the best thing about my job is it never feels like I'm like showing up to do work or that was really hard or, Oh, I don't want to talk about this thing again. Like you get me started. I will go down. <laughs> I will go down a rabbit hole of what is there. And it's, it's the best. I love it. That's wonderful. Me too. I actually caught the ear of like the librarian at our local library yesterday about what I do. Cause she asked me what I do. And I'm like, let me tell you what I believe <laughs> and, <laughs> and how I embody it. And she was just like, wow, you are really articulate for how you see the world. And I was like, yeah, that's why I have a podcast because my husband's like, you need somebody else to talk to. About. <laughs> like, I can't be that for you anymore. So when I was like, I think I'm going to start a podcast. He was like, please. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that so much. <laughs> well, Ashley, it's been just a joy this I was looking for as soon as the like download came through that I wanted to have you on that's another thing about this this season I like loosened my grip the first couple seasons like getting used to doing this new you know art form um it took a lot of kind of like muscling and planning mm -hmm. and this season has been more of like well if we're gonna have it be the spirituality and creativity uh season then let's like let spirit lead and, um, and then like, let's take inspired action when it comes through. And then when, when I had the idea to have you, like, it felt like this, 
all of a sudden it was like, obviously this is a perfect moment to have her on, but also like, how did I not think of this <laughs> until this moment, you know? And it, then that's when it feels, and then of course like full body chills. And then I was like, I'm going to ask her right now. And, uh, it's been a joy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I loved having this chat and what you just said right there is what I tell people about my work in general. Like people tend to find me exactly when they need to. Like, I don't know what search terms you can ever put into the internet that are going to pull me up (laughs) or like (laughs) on Instagram, that's going to pull me up. But what I hear most often is like, I found this deck exactly as I needed it. Or like, I found your work exactly when I needed it. And you had the inspiration to have this chat exactly when you needed it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. Well, thank you so much. Um, can you tell my audience where we can find you? Sure. So the main place where I am on social media is on Instagram and it is the Ashley Stinson. So the last name is S-T-I-N-S-O-N. And then website is the same thing, ashleystinson.com. Everything is on there. It's going to be getting a makeover. <laughs> oh, really? It looks beautiful. I was going through it yesterday and I was like, I, I've never um, spent any time collaging. And so when you came into my world and you were like creating this deck and like, I was actually like seeing what, like, I don't know, just like collage came into my orbit. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is so cool. And I, you're very <laughs> good at it. I mean, what's good. It's really enjoyable right. for me to engage with it. And that's like, that's all I have to say about that. So I encourage my audience to go check out your stuff. It's, it's really beautiful. And you're in the level of intentionality that you have with every bit of your work, every bit of your words, your posts, all of it. I just want you to know that it, it touches me and I really appreciate everything you do. So thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I do. Okay, gosh, how incredible was that conversation? I really, really enjoyed the behind the scenes tour of how her Oracle deck came to life. And I just, I'm incredibly flawed by her innate wisdom of the body and how we process our creativity and and how we process all the inputs we get all day long. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, So definitely give Ashley a follow. All the information on how to reach her is in the show notes. And if this episode spoke to you, would you mind leaving a review? I would be incredibly grateful. I am excited to get this work out into the world. This conversation is so important. And if you could leave a review and rate this, it would just mean the world to me. Soon I'm going to be offering incentives and bonuses and all that kind of good stuff. But if you feel pulled to share with with your friend or on your feed, please tag me. I would be so grateful. Okay, it's time to wrap things up, but I'll leave you with this. You are worthy. You are enough. Your creative self is right there below the surface waiting for you. It doesn't matter how, how you do it. It just matters that you do. So do something that engages your creativity and go have some fun. I love you. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time.